Peace and love, friends. Peace and love. Um, I am back for another episode, and I think this one is... Um, I think it will be especially beneficial to someone. And I pray that... Um, it is my prayer that uh, I help someone in some way, form or, sh- form or fashion. I know that... Um, God will allow that, <laughs> but um, welcome, welcome back, and if you're visiting for the first time, I just want to say welcome, and I am Nikita Littlejohn, that's so funny, I was just about to say Nikita Jones, which is my alias at work, <laughs> so fake, but I'm so real, but um, yeah, so um, I actually, this week, I have a few things that I want to talk about. <laughs> it's been an eventful week, um, but as you guys know, as I learn, I share. <laughs> as I grow, I share. As I experience different things, I share. And um, I'm always self-evaluating these experiences and pretty much seeing how I can grow from them or what can I learn about myself from them. And um, I, I, I can't stress it enough. I think I say it in almost every one of my, um, my podcasts, my episodes, that self-evaluation is impo- important, self-assessing ourselves to determine why it is that we're feeling a certain way when a certain thing happens, right? Life is unpredictable. We can't expect everything to just be a-okay every all the time. Things are going to happen that are going to make something in us resist, right? And we have to be aware of that. And then when we're actually aware of, you know, that thing that we're feeling, um, as I stated before, like um, hurt, anger, anxiety, when we begin to feel that and we have that awareness and um, that's the Holy Ghost. I mean, if, if you're a Christian and if you've accepted Christ into your life, you have this thing called the, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will, <laughs> he will, it will let you know um, when you're feeling a certain way and um, I, I think that's like a, a warning symbol to say, hey, something's going on here. Why am I feeling this way? And what's the root cause of it? Root cause evaluation, right? <laughs> root cause analysis. And um, assess yourself and see where is this coming from. Think back um, to first thought or first occurrence in your life and, and start to heal from there. And um, the the goal is to be whole, complete, healthy, and wealthy in Jesus' name. But but that's the goal. And that's how we grow as individuals, as women. Um, and as you grow, you share. That's the, that's the best part because um, as we grow, just like with a tree, you know, as it grows, it begins to bear fruit, not for itself, but for those who are hungry, right? <laughs> So that's that's why we want to um, sharing is important. Sharing our experiences and testimonies are is is beneficial, um, and it helps us with the process, right? 
because as you continue to share, you also continue to learn. And for me, that's important. But for this week, um, I, I'm a singer. If, if some of, if you don't know, I sing and I'm actually working on some things, but, um, sometimes I just, uh, when I, in my alone time with God, I, I just kind of worship in song. Um, and I, I'm not the religious type that says you have to pray this way. This is my alone time with God. And, um, he's given me a gift of song and I like to use that to bless his name. So in my alone time with him, I'll just, whatever comes to my heart, um, just as if I were praying, I, I would, I just sing it. Right. And this whole week, Lord, rest on me. Uh, rest on me <laughs> was, was on me this week. And even in my prayer, you know, I, I was asking that God rest on the people when I'm serving at church and I'm like, rest on your people, rest on their hearts. And, um, like the dew in the morning. And I, I believe that was, um, that's from someone's song. She says, like the dew in the morning, something like that. But rest on me like the dew. When you, when you look outside in the mornings and you see the dew on the grass or the dew, uh, the morning dew in your car, and it's just resting there very lightly. <laughs> it's like weightless, right? And it's like, I want that. I want the, the spirit of God to rest on me like that in every area of my life. And um, I want to encourage you um, to let him rest on you, rest in that area that's hurting you. Let him rest, rest on you and, and, uh, you cast that on him and let him make your life a little bit easy. Let him take that away from you. Uh, find that peace in him. Let it rest on you. So I want to encourage, encourage you to, to just feel his presence because he's, he's always there. He's, he's always there. And um, sometimes we get so caught up in our daily lives, right? We get so caught up in, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to be here by this time, that we sometimes just don't acknowledge him in that very moment, right? We can, we can acknowledge him in all that we do. And, and that's a simple awareness of, of realizing that he's there, right? And to me, that's beautiful. And in my relationship and my growth and, and my development in my development as a Christian, as a servant to Christ, I, um, I, I just I want to acknowledge him in everything that I do. And um, and I believe that that that's I, I believe that we could do that. And, and that's my prayer that you just let him rest on wherever you need him to. I want him to rest in every area of my life and um, so that I can have that peace, right? But then also, um, I wanted to, um, I had been thinking about um, prayer, right? And for a long time, I I knew, right? I knew that the Lord was telling me that I needed to get closer to him, that I needed to have a relationship with him like none of none other. I knew that 
the, the spirit was just telling me, you know, spend some time with him, you know, pray. And, you know, I would find myself taking a shower and I, I, I would think about praying, <laughs> right? I would think my prayer in my head, <laughs> like seriously, like I'm like, I don't know if it's just that I just didn't feel like praying or it was a lazy way for me to just think about it instead of actually talking. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird, but I mean, even if I'm lying in bed and I, the spirit is telling me to pray, I think about it, but, but I don't actually say the words. <laughs> and, um, you know, even, anywhere that is what would happen I don't know if it's because I don't like I, I I like to talk but I also like to be I, I like to be social is what I mean but I also like to be alone and sometimes I don't like to talk and um I think that stems from my childhood when um I had I was struggling with low self-esteem and um I really didn't talk <laughs> so I think it kind of stems from their thinking that God knows all and he is all and he should be able to read my thoughts. <laughs> but there's a reason why God spoke things into existence, right? He didn't think things into existence only. He had to speak them. Um, that's why he encourages us to be careful what we speak. But in your prayer time, it is important that we actually speak because we have to actually give God the authority to intervene here on earth. Just like, um, just like his word says, we, we have to give him the authority to intervene in our lives. Um, and I know you may not understand that, but I've been, I've, I've been listening to this powerful man of God. His name is Dr. Miles Monroe. He's no longer here with us on earth. His his time was up. And um he's he has done like some mighty, 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 mighty things here on planet Earth. And um I encourage you to look him up on YouTube uh and look up his the sermons regarding prayer and why we needed Jesus Christ and I, I'm telling you, you'll be blown away. You will be blown away. Maybe after studying it a little bit more, you know, maybe if, if you don't have the time, then I can kind of reiterate what it is that he he said about God and why we have to verbally give him authorization to intervene um, in our lives. Um but that that thing was powerful. You guys have got to listen to Dr. Miles Monroe on, on YouTube. He's a an awesome, mighty man of God. And I, I promise you, he'll have you changing up a lot of things that we've just formed out of habit or tradition or just seeing, you know, religion, you know, just doing what you saw this person do or that person do. And we really got to seek the Bible, seek the Lord for ourselves, right? And we really have to study, not just read. I mean, you read the newspaper, <laughs> you read books, but something you can actually study a book, but you should 
study his word to to show yourself approved and not not just read it and you know and th- that's where we get lost right so but i encourage you to listen to dr miles monroe and he spells it m y l e s m u n r o e and I, since i'm on the topic of dr miles monroe if you can um the first book that i'm going to be discussing with you guys is called waiting and dating <laughs> oh my goodness it is a great book this is for the single ladies but it also has some valuable information that could help a woman who is already in a relationship or in a marriage i'm telling you guys i'm telling you guys that you want to get this book but if you don't it's okay because i'm going to go through it chapter by chapter with you um and we're gonna break it down okay because I want to be whole, healthy, and complete for whomever my husband is. And I want to make sure that I'm I'm whole in God uh, before I, I join with someone. And I'm telling you, the information in this book, is, it's waiting and dating. Let me look at my notes real quick. Yeah, waiting, waiting while dating. Just shish kebab. Let me, let me, let me make sure. But it's waiting while dating. Let me look at my eyebrows really quick. But it's from Dr. Miles Monroe. Yep, it's waiting and dating. But honey, sugar, baby, chat. It's good. But um, we're going to go, I'm going to go through that chapter by chapter and just kind of highlight some of the, some of the most important points that I find, you know, to be important or may have, may be relevant to me. So I encourage you to get the book because you may find something else that's, you know, that kind of, that's relevant to you, right? But I'm going to go through it nonetheless. But, you know, so back to praying without ceasing. So I, I would, like I said, I would just be thinking about praying or kind of saying what I would be speaking in my mind, <laughs> thinking that that would suffice. It actually doesn't. And I just think it was me being lazy or tired. And even when I would be thinking, I would find myself like drifting off or thinking about other things. And it's like interrupted. Um, And, you know, that's not cool. (laughs) That's not cool because when you think, when I think about like a relationship or something, communication is important, right? When When you're in a relationship with someone Communication is important and you can't just think and then think that your partner or boyfriend or girlfriend uh, knows what it is that you have to say, right? So it's the same way with God. Of course, he's more mighty and powerful and it's just great. He's my everything. (laughs) But... um, it's the same way. Like we can't just treat him, even though he's he's physically not here with us. He's a spirit. Um, he's a spirit being. We still have to have that communication with him, and 
when you're communicating or you want your partner to communicate with you, they have to make time for that. Can you imagine how, think, think about how you feel when your partner is setting a time specifically for you to communicate, to ask you, how was your day? That makes you feel a freaking amazing. It would make me feel a freaking amazing because this person loves me so much that he sets time apart from his busy day to talk to me and ask me questions and, and you know, communicate to me, period, right? And we have to be like that with God, right? I, he, he, that time is valuable, not only to yourself, you're developing a relationship, you're building a relationship with him. So pray without ceasing, just like the Bible said, just like the Bible says, you pray without ceasing, right? So that's something that I want to talk about, but I will tell you, I will tell you that this past week, a little over a week, um, I've been indulging myself in prayer. And y'all, let me tell you, after I listened to the Dr. Miles Monroe's uh, sermon on YouTube, right, I incorporated some of the things that he was saying, like giving God the authority to intervene in whatever area in your life, right? Saying, God, you know, I give you the authority to come in and take care of this situation or take care of this situation. I give you the authority to come in and do this, that, and another. But let me tell y'all something. But I have been doing that, right? And I promise you, I woke up late. I think that was Monday. I woke up late and I had, um, I, I've made, I also have made a conscious decision that my son and I will pray before we leave this house. So we meet at the door uh, before we leave. We, we, meet at, we meet at the door and we say a prayer. One morning I'll pray or I'll ask my son to pray. And my son is, a, he can pray, okay? My son is and shall continue to be a praying man. And But we pray before we go. And y'all, I mean, it works, because I woke up late, right? And regardless of the fact that I woke up late, I prayed at the door. We got in the car and I literally prayed. I prayed for um, getting to our destinations in his timing. I prayed for <laughs> um, smooth traffic, right? And, you know, pray. Those are just some of the things that, that we we prayed for at the door. But let me tell y'all, when I tell y'all for two, two or three days, I've had no issues with traffic. And then, <laughs> let me tell you this, I prayed for productivity at work. I pray that God, you know, intervenes and he touches my customers' hearts and allow them to understand the information that I was communicating. I asked that he allowed he strengthened me and my ability to, you know, you know, stay out of my emotions on the phone because I, I deal with customers on the phone and, um, you know, upset customers and sometimes they can get to you, right? I'm not going to lie because like I said in another podcast, I'm human, 
right? And there's only so much of disrespect that I can take on, you know, one phone call, right? So you tend to get in your emotions and I'm not saying, you know, that's right. I mean, I'm not cursing them out or anything like that or being disrespectful. It's just you get in your emotions, right? But just praying to, to just have understanding and be more quick to to hear and not to speak, right? To have understanding, right? It's like my parents understand understanding and knowledge kind of go um understanding and wisdom, you know, go hand in hand. So, you know, having the understanding and the wisdom and to not to react, right, to these people. And you know, I'm just praying that I had no issues, guys. No issues whatsoever. Now, let me tell you this now. When you're praying like that, you got to have faith. Like, I have this this confidence that God is going to take care of take care of me. He has to. In the kingdom, another thing that Dr. Miles, y'all need to listen to Dr. Miles Monroe talking about the kingdom, right? Or, or do some research on how a kingdom is run because in the kingdom of heaven, it's the king's responsibility to make sure it's his citizens have everything that they need, right? Because his citizens are a reflection of him, right? I am a reflection of God and it's his responsibility to, to take care of me and I have faith in him doing that. So when I pray, I know and I have an expectation that things should go a certain way because I'm a child of the king, right? And I believe that, okay? So I, I walk in that. <laughs> but um I pray for those things and um pray for those things and I promise you guys I've had no issues what so freaking ever <laughs> and you know and I I'm aware of it I'm consciously aware that things are going so much better with me praying and on top of that I have less anxiety. I have and I struggle with anxiety from time to time and I I realize that it's because I'm doing things in my own will. Right? So when you're doing things in your own will or in your own strength, frustration comes in. Anxiety comes in, right? Because things are happening outside of your control. <laughs> good okay god is good he is super duper good uh but when when you realize that that there are things that you can't control then you know you get frustrated you get angry you get anxiety there's tension all in your body and when you when you start to build a relationship in Christ and you build that relationship with God, you have this peace because you know that it's going to be taken care of. And I tell y'all, I, I, I feel great. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel good. And then when I feel anxiety coming, coming on, because like, I, I'm a major control type of person like I like things to go a certain way and I do things a certain way so that I can get a certain outcome 
because I have that type of control issues. So I don't like it when things don't go according to plan, right? And um, I tell you, when when I feel these things, I, like I said earlier in the beginning, I rest in him. I let I let him rest in in me, on me, and then. And it, it just brings about this certain peace because it, it reminds me, my spirit reminds me, hey, you're a child of God. Why are you having these feelings? And you know what? At that moment, you quickly have to say, okay, I got it. Now, don't resist that feeling, right? Don't, don't resist. Don't resist it when you're, the Holy Spirit says, hey, what's going on? Hey, why are you doing this? Hey, why are you feeling this way? Don't resist that. Don't deny that feeling. That's the Holy Spirit unctioning you saying, hey, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't in alignment with Christ, right? So that's, that's when you say, you check yourself and you step back and you say, okay, all right, I see what it is. There's nothing that I can do. This is outside of my control. God, you have to fix it. I give you permission to intervene, take care of it. I know you're going to do it. You, you you know how this is going to end. You see the end from the beginning. I'm not worried about it. Take care of it. You know the desires of my heart. You have no choice but to take care of it. And I believe that you will. If not today, it will happen in, in your timing, right? So, you know, just having that faith and awareness and non-resistance to the spirit unctioning you, you know, jerking your jerking jerking your, your soul and saying, hey, uh-uh, girl, uh-uh, sister girl. No ma'am, this is not Christ like. You're feeling angry. You're about to go off. You're about to take it out on the wrong person. You're hating this person. You're cursing this person out. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. That's not Christ-like. Let it go. Let it go. Which brings me to my next point. So, now that we, I, I, that, that's just, I prayed before I started the podcast and I just prayed that it blows. Amen. And, I said, um, let it go. And that literally brought me to my next point. So I thank God for that. I want to ask this. So. What. What are you. What are you giving up during your walk with Christ? Hmm? Ask yourself that. Think about it. What are you giving up for your walk with Christ? (laughs) Again, what are you giving up for your walk with Christ? So I went to a wedding. I went to a wedding. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I'm not religious or anything, but... I occasionally, I occasionally drink wine and, um, just a glass. Usually it's just social, social drink of wine. And, um, or sometimes when I, when my son is, a is away and, you know, it's just 
some I'm home alone and I'm just relaxing out get a, a glass of wine and I usually most times after a glass of wine I just go to sleep <laughs> not even kidding um but uh I was out I was out um at a wedding and I wanted wine I, the fleshly part of me, wanted wine. But there's this unction, the, like I said earlier, the, the Holy Spirit, right? It's just kind of like pinching at me. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, well, what? I just want one glass of wine. I drink wine. And it said No. But my flesh wanted it. My flesh wanted it. I didn't really need it. You know, but you know, it's a social gathering, you know. I'm amongst friends. I'm amongst family. It was actually family. And I wanted wine. And my spirit said no. And from that moment, I knew that I needed to give it up. And that's what I'm going to do. And that, that leads me to this point. I, I want to know, what are you giving up for your walk with Christ? Because if, if I'm always thinking about relationships, because you, you, you're, you have a relationship with God, right? And if you think about a, rela- a relationship between you and your partner... Sometimes your partner isn't going to like something about you that you do, right? It's not going to like it. And I I know that, um, I know that, um, sometimes they accept things about you that they don't kind of like, but then there are some things that, you know, you willingly change for your partner, you willingly do it, right? And sometimes, I, I will say that sometimes we willingly change thinking that it's going to keep a man or stop a man from, from leaving. But I'm not talking about in, in those cases. I'm talking about the thing that you willingly give up or change about yourself for your a husband or a boyfriend just to make your relationship stronger, right? So... What are you giving up doing your walk with Christ? And um, the Lord put on my spirit, Galatians 5, right? Galatians 5, 22. Um, and I'm, I'm, I have the information here and I, I want to read it for you. And it says, uh, five. it's 5, 22 through 23. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, forgiveness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit of God in you, those are the things that you should be, you know, should be doing. You should be walking in love. You should be walking in joy, peace, forbearance. You should be walking in kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and you should have self-control. And that's the fruit of the Spirit, right? 
those are the things that manifest and that should manifest in your life as a result of having the spirit of God in you. Now, I want to read some some of uh, chapter some verses before that. And um I'm going to ask you another question. So it says this it's Galatians 5 but it's from 13, right? It says this. You my brothers and sisters were called to be free. Amen. Thank you Jesus. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love you. (laughs) For if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Right? We don't want to do that. So I say, walk by the spirit. And I just explained to you what walking in the spirit is. You're walking in love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness. Right? It says that. So it says, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Hence, the flesh wanted some wine on Saturday. I wanted some wine. The fleshly part of me wanted some wine. Okay? (laughs) For the flesh, amen. Listen to this. It says, for the flesh desires, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. What is contrary to the spirit, right? And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh? They are in conflict. Do you see what I'm saying? They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. (laughs) God is so good. Like, It's in his word, what I was battling with on Saturday, with what my flesh wanted, but what my spirit was telling me. They are in battle with each other, honey boo-boo. They're in battle with each other. I'm going to read that little part again. It says, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, it goes in to explain the acts of the flesh. Amen. So now it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Amen. You already know what they are. But for the Bible's sake, I'm going to go ahead and read them. It says the acts of the flesh flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Uh 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 uh. Jealousy, girlfriend. Fits of rage, also known as anger. Selfish ambition. Hmm. Selfish ambition. Okay. Worried about yourself, are we? Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, hating on people. You hating? Okay. 
drunkenness. Miss mm -hmm. whiny wine wine on Saturday. Yes, I wanted some wine. I'm truthful. I'm going to be real. I wanted some wine. Drunkenness. But I don't get drunk. Now, I ain't never been drunk before. Um, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So it means that there's more. Okay? Then it says, I warned you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm -hmm. Against such things there is no law. Listen to this. I haven't highlighted my friends, girlfriends, honey boo-boo. It says, those who belong to Christ. Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucify the flesh. I just named a lot of the fruits of the flesh. Um, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Now, I want to ask you. First and foremost, what are you still holding on to? Are you still holding on to unforgiveness because of what some somebody did to you? Are you holding on to that? Are you really walking in the flesh, holding on to something as simple as unforgiveness? Are you, because of unforgiveness, are you holding on to hatred? Are you still hating this person? Are you still calling this person the person that they were, even though it's 20 years later, even though the person may have changed and God has forgiven you and you still holding on to it? Are you holding on to unforgiveness, which also can turn into hatred and envy and disgust for the neighbor that you're supposed to love as yourself? I don't care who, who they are or what they did. God forgave you. For your nasty sins and you should forgive others for their nasty sins Christ died for everybody he died for every single last one of us and he gave you grace you should have grace and mercy towards someone else who despitefully used or maybe abused you when you choose to walk in the spirit you realize that the spirit is just when you when you just let the the spirit of God rest on you, there's no way that you can hold on to it. There's no way you can hold on to ang to angry hate anger, hatred, bitterness. Uh, you want to naturally let those things go. So I ask you, what is it that you're willing to give up for your for your walk with Christ what is it that you need to let go of to have a stronger relationship with Christ something may be stopping you 
right? Something can be stopping you from this beautiful relationship. The, the, I mean, there's nothing better than walking in just the peace of God. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. It's so joyful. It's total bliss. And we can have that. But if you're holding on to the fruit of the flesh, you're stopping your growth as a Christian. And you're hurting yourself. And you're hurting your walk. And as the Bible says, those who choose to um those who choose to, to walk in flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. So are you really going to be your own stumbling block? Are you really going to be your own stumbling block because your baby daddy did you wrong? Are you really going to let that be a stumbling block in your way? My son's father did, did me wrong. But you know what? He's a growing individual just like I am. I had to learn a lot of things. And obviously, he's, he still has a lot to learn. He's, he was growing during that time. And if he was hurting me like that, I can only imagine the unspoken hurt that he, that he may be going through. So just think about that person who caused you pain or who hurt you. Imagine the hurt that they must be going through right? For them to do that to you. Just imagine who might have hurt them, who might have touched them, who may have beaten them black and blue, who may have mistreated them so badly that they held on to it for years and years, who abused some somebody when they were, when they were young and they held on to it and began to become their abuser to begin to do the things that someone did to them. But we don't know about that because it's unspoken, right? Who are we to, to hold on to that? Our future, our walk in Christ deserves that freedom of just letting it go, right? The spirit of God is just is so beautiful, so beautiful. There's peace in that. I was telling one of my coworkers um, that regardless of what, you know, what my son's father did to me, what I went through in my relationships to this day, even though, you know, it, everything may not be, you know, he may still not be doing what I feel that he should be doing as a parent, regardless of what he did to me, I still love him with the love of God. I really do. I really do. And I, I want nothing but the best for him. Trust me, I want him to heal and, and to be whole in God because there's beauty in that. And it's only God who can allow you to completely Put what they did aside and still love. Even without hearing, I'm sorry. Only God can give you the strength to do that. Only God can. Right? So I, I ask you to think about what it is that 
you know you need to give up for your walk with Christ? What do you need to give up for your walk with Christ? Strengthen your relationship with him to free yourself and have full access to the kingdom of God. Right? There's nothing like having the keys to the kingdom to go in any room and and have whatever it is that you want. Can you think about that? Just think about that. Being a little kid, having the keys to every room in in the kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven. Total access to anything that you want. That's beautiful. Why would you block your access to that? Mm. It's not worth it. No, ma'am. Nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth that. And when the spirit is done, I'm done. Because if I keep going... I'll just be in myself. But my spirit man is saying that that's enough. So um, I'm going to have to end it there. But I, I I encourage you. I encourage you ladies to um, think about what you need to give up for a, a better relationship with God. Mm. I know what I need to give up. I need to give up that wine. <laughs> so I'm giving up that wine no more wine for me (laughs) no more wine and I'm absolutely fine with that because the keys to the kingdom of heaven is uh, worth way much more than drunkenness amen so uh, I, I encourage you to let God rest in you to let him rest on you like the dew in the morning Jesus, let him rest on that area in your life where you're hurting. Let him rest on it. I promise you, he'll give you a peace. Ooh, a joy. Amen. And then you need to pray. Pray without ceasing. And I'll tell y'all, I pray, I've started to pray for everything. (laughs) I'm waiting in line. I, I pray, I pray, um, sitting in the car, you can literally pray doing anything and I've started to do it and I'm telling you, there's this, uh, this feeling that you, you, you have when you're doing it. it and like, I, like I said, it's not just the prayer that you need, you also need to have that faith behind it, knowing that God will do exactly what he said he's going to do. And I believe it because ain't no, ain't no sense in not having the faith and the expectation, right? And just praying and, and nothing's going to happen if you pray without having faith, right? Faith is the key on top of the prayer hand in hand. So pray and have faith that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that God's going to do it, that you know that God's going to do it. Hey, yeah. Um, so pray without ce- ceasing and then think about
about what you need to give up, right? Think about what you need to give up, ladies. And that's all for me, folks. Y'all remember, okay? I'm praying for y'all. Um, if if you're if you're listening to this and you're still listening to it, um, I pray for you, and um, I pray for your strength. And in whatever situation you're going through, I pray for a sound mind, and I pray for sweet sleep, peaceful sleep, peaceful rest, and that you wake up energized in the morning. Y'all, y'all know I prayed for for good sleep, and then I I prayed for um to wake me up on time, fully energized. And my pastor said something tonight at Bible study. He said he prayed for a supernatural rest or supernatural sleep, and I said, "Ooh, I'm gonna pray for that because ain't no ain't no sleep like that. Because like you can go to sleep at whatever time, and God still." Mm-mm gives you the amount of sleep that you need and however many hours you're sleeping for. So I believe that God can do it, right? I, I believe, okay? God ain't got no choice but to to act. But I, I'm just praying for a sweet, sweet, supernatural rest for you tonight. I know you need it. And then I pray that whatever time that the Lord sees fit for you to wake up, that he gives you the energy of a of a toddler and that you're productive in uh doing his will for the next day i pray i pray that for you uh, let him rest 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 in your area of, of pain and your area of growth that area that's a little difficult for you at this point and i know that he'll do it for you i'm praying for y'all and I love you. I love you to life. So stay sweet. Stay stay. Stay blessed and stay encouraged. Love y'all. Talk to y'all next week, y'all. Y'all be praying now. Pray without ceasing. Bye, y'all. So, guys, I am back. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I'm happy. (laughs) I'm happy that you've come back to listen to another podcast of mine. I prayed for you and I pray that you be healed and touched by something that that I have to talk about today. So, for all of those who are returning, welcome back. And for all that uh, the first time listeners, welcome. And I am Nikita, Little John, your host. Yeah. Um, I do this uh, podcast every week. Um, and I pretty much just um, take my own life experience own life experiences throughout the week and um, find a message in them, find a way to grow in them. And then I share Um, some of the things that I experience requires a little bit uh, more study time. And if that happens, then, you know, I might go take a, an extra week or two to get it together because I really want to relay information to you uh, and have 
research and things like that. I want I want to make sure that it's right. I want to be, uh, what is the word? Competent. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But um, but anyways. So, today, I'm supposed to start um. Chapter one of Waiting and Dating by Dr. Miles Marone. Now, don't get turned off if you're already married or in a relationship uh, with someone because or dating. It, does, it doesn't matter. But the, the book is essential. I don't care if you are married or not. There's valuable information in this book. And, and you never know. You, you may be able to do some self-evaluating and say, you know what? Maybe I can incorporate this or I can start being this way. And that would, you know, bring forth change in a, your relationship or marriage that you're currently in. So um, so I'm going to talk about that. But I did experience some things this past week and I just want to, to share them. And <laughs> they're great. So the first thing, now I highlighted a lot of stuff in this book and I don't know... We'll we'll just see how I'll let the Holy Spirit flow, but I'm gonna go over these topics that I went through um this past week. So one day, um I guess I can say this. I'm a little prissy. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, I guess you can say that. A little prissy at times. I'm real country, but I'm prissy with certain things. But my dog, you know, it's a girl and Excuse me if I call her he. I don't know why. I just think all animals are he's or males. But I say he. So I don't want you to get confused. But it's a girl. But I sometimes call her he. <laughs> so um, one morning um, last week I was getting ready to go to work. And my dog was doing something nasty. And, you know... I was like, ugh, that's disgusting. You know, stop. You're you're a girl. Why are you doing that? That's nasty. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be acting that way. You shouldn't be doing that. And you know, not really thinking, okay, it's a dog, but I'm thinking, you know, you're a female dog. You should act a different way. And the Holy Spirit really quickened me. I mean, quick. I was like, okay like my last name, you know, like the rapper, I was like, okay, God, I get this. But, you know, the Holy Spirit said, it doesn't matter if it's a male or female dog. What the dog is doing is the nature of a dog. And I said, I, I, I was just like, wow. And I was like, can you imagine how we apply that same, you know, we, we act the same way with people or, you know, people we don't know, people we do know, and we expect them to act or be the way that we think that they should be. And, and yeah, right, you know, we're we're Christians. Well, I'm a Christian. And you know, I know the fruits of the spirit and I know I know with my own experiences how my life has changed in my walk. And so, you know, and 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 on top of that, it's 
it's our own past experiences that really uh, define our perspectives. And if you read the Bible, you know that it says, um, dang it, I just forgot it. Oh, that's crazy. As a man thinketh, so is he. And I think we really take that scripture for granted because in order to act a certain way, you also have to think a certain way, right? Because when you think, if if you think that you're, let's say, this bad chick, you know, you know, the, the, the ones you see on social media. I mean, you know, the ones that call themselves bad chicks and stuff like that. Look at how they act, right? What you do, how you act is a reflection, a direct reflection of how you think and how you think about yourself. You can't separate the two, right? So as a man thinketh, so is he, right? So obviously it's the nature of the dog to do nasty dog things and, you know, <laughs> and you you say stop oh you shouldn't do that you know or if, or just applying it to a person who may be acting a certain way that's not pleasing to you that a way that you don't act because you know who you are or you carry yourself differently and we tend to apply how we think and how we act for ourselves and apply that onto other people and expect them to act the same way we can't do that <laughs> See, uh, see, God is just so amazing. So you, even though the dog was a female, I treat, I treat the dog and understand that it's a dog, right? And so I treat it accordingly. You know, I don't not like the dog because it doesn't do what I think it should be doing. I don't resist, you know, what the dog is doing. I understand that. I understand now it's just the dog and it's the nature of the dog. So I just say this to, to say that we're going to encounter people who are very different from us, very different from us, but we can't allow the nature of another person to one, cause us to treat them a certain way, to treat them to treat them nasty or to to say that they're this or that they're that because of the way that they think about themselves because obviously the way you think about yourself is how you act right if you're insecure and you don't like yourself you may you may shy away from crowds you may um wear your heart on your sleeve you're very naive uh, you allow people to hurt you and it's not my position to say oh you're weak you're weak you're this you're that you know because I'm this strong independent woman and I take care of what needs to be done I love myself I'm this diva I can't put who I am who I think that I am onto another person right what we should do as Christians and in my walk with Christ with that situation that I experienced now I'm just going to love people exactly where they are and I'm not going to allow how they think about themselves or how they act to impact me because now I understand that that's 
the nature of that person. Now, I'm not saying that people can't change. God, you know, can come into that person's life and they can change. But you know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember that person that loved them when they was a complete, total mess. They're going to say, that person, I said some mean things to that person. I treated her horribly. I did this to her. I did this to her. And not once did she treat me the way I I probably would have treated her if she did if she if she were acting the way that I did. And I believe that that's the love of that's the love of God and to to look past what a person is doing or how they're acting what they're saying and still see the God in that person because you know still see the spirit of God and still know that God can dwell in that person and having an understanding that we don't know their past right? We don't know what shaped the way that they think that causes them to act that way. And we can't be judgmental during that process. Like (laughs) God is just so good. And he's just been revealing these things to me. And, you know, my, I, I do love people and I don't really uh, harness hate or I, I forgive easily. And I really think that that's a gift from God, but him showing me that in a situation with my dog, it really opened up my eyes to. So when someone is maybe mad or yelling at me, I take a, I take a step back because, like I told you guys before, I work with upset customers. I take a step back, right? And it's almost like it's very weird because it's like I hear I hear what the person is saying, and yeah, my flesh reacts because that's just how the flesh is. My flesh reacts, but there's something inside of me that says, just think about this person, you know, look at what they're saying, listen to what they're saying. Don't react to that, (laughs) right? This is the, the fleshly part of this person who's reacting to something that they don't agree with or something that they don't like. Don't judge this person. Don't mistreat this person. Respond with the love of Christ regardless of what your body is saying, how your body is telling you you should react, just forget about that and just know that God can still dwell in that person and we have to be and reflect the light that Jesus, you know, that Jesus put in us uh, when when we uh, accept him into our hearts. So we are to be the light of the earth. So, um, and light conquers that. So, conquers darkness. So that's that's one of the things that I experienced and I hope that really helps someone who may be in a situation where someone isn't treating them right or someone at their their manager is treating them a certain way. And you know, don't be vindictive. Vengeance is the Lord's. Don't be spiteful. You know, uh because God will turn things around. He really will. And he really he really will do that for you. And you just have to pray and ask God to heal them in wherever they're broken in their lives. And God will, will bless you as a result of that. So don't, don't, you know, take vengeance into your own hands. Um, just, just see that person as someone that God can dwell in and see that the way that they're reacting and the way that they're acting is a direct reflection of how they think. Uh, about themselves and um yeah that was that was an eye opener for me um 
another thing um at church on sunday i mean the word was so good ah <sighs> the word was so good but it was a brief moment in um during the service where i just happened to you know my pastor was preaching of course and i kind of took a look around and i saw cuz i i typically sit in the front I like to sit in the front. I like to get all of the goodness. I like, I don't want any distractions from people in front of me. So I try to get to the front. But I I just happen to take a look behind me. And I see all of these people, you know, hundreds, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It was a lot of people. And they are all focused on the pastor and what he's saying. And I, I, I quickly thought, wow, this is the person that God raised up to provide a word to all these people, right? So this man has been gifted with this gift of pastoral, I don't know how to say that, pastorialship as a pastor. I don't know. You get what I, you, you get it as a pastor. He has this gift. And I'm like, each one of us was assigned to be there at that very moment to get that word, to change something in us. And I thought, what if he didn't walk the walk that he had to walk to to become a pastor? What if he neglected that calling on his life. All of those people who were sitting there focused on him or the, the person that needed to hear what he was saying before they thought about committing suicide or leaving their wife or doing something harmful. You, you, you never know where people are. But what if he neglected the call on his life? And that made me think about Every single person that's assigned to my gift. Who am I supposed to be reaching out to to provide some something that they need and at whatever specific time to get their healing that they need or the breakthrough that they need? Who's assigned to my gift? And that's what I thought. It... <laughs> Guys, we, everybody has a gift and a purpose on this life. And I have to tell you that it's not for yourself. If if you think that your gift is just about getting a dollar or getting this or getting that, it's so much more than that. There are lives who are assigned to your gift. And uh, I encourage you to, to try to find out what that is. Remember that the gift or your purpose is so much more than just money. I mean, obviously we can't do anything with money, but I think when you find your purpose, you find your passion and you also, you know, you reap the the rewards of it, but it blesses someone. And I think that um, we have to walk in that because there are, are people's lives at stake. People need healing. People are broken. 
And if that person was assigned to the gift that you're sitting on, whether it be a book that you're supposed to write, whether it be a song that you're supposed to write, whether you're supposed to be a motivational speaker, whether you're supposed to be uh, a daycare provider and encouraging kids, whether you're supposed to be a teacher and mentoring a, mentoring kids, whether you're supposed to be uh, a writer or an editor, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You, someone is assigned to your gift. Someone who's broken, someone who's hurting is assigned to your gift. And I encourage you to I encourage you to do some 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 soul searching, get in a relationship with God, do some fasting. Find out what it is. We have a limited amount of time here on earth and I would hate for someone to let all of their life pass by and not experience the joy of having purpose. Waking up every day knowing that you're doing what you absolutely love and people are being freed and healed and delivered and growing from from a gift that God has given you. I mean I don't I don't I don't think that we were created just to get up and go to work every day. I don't think we were created for that. There's so much more to life than just getting up and going to work. I mean, and honestly, I thank God for uh, making provisions for me and getting me at the, the job that I currently have now. But most of the times, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I don't want to be there. I would rather be at home writing a song or finishing my book or in a studio or talking to a group of women. <laughs> I would rather be doing that. That's where my joy is. That's where my peace is. That's where I I enjoy doing it. And it helps people. <laughs> I would rather be doing that. I don't like having to get up every day and be yelled at on the phone. Yes, I do it. And I do it joyfully I do my job as it is I as unto the Lord I do my job and I do it right but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life and most people hate going to work like that's do you think that's what God you think that's the milk and honey God was talking about in the Bible no that ain't the milk and honey he was talking about the milk and honey oh a little $2,000 check, $3,000 check, $4,000 check. Girl, it's so much more to life than that. Well, I, you know, I'm straight up real and I don't like doing it. You know, be for real with yourself. Yeah, you get your little paycheck and you spend it on bills, 
which is why you got to keep going. You got to go back to work in order to keep the money coming, right? Like, that's not that's not the milk and honey he was talking about. That's not the big old grapes. <laughs> I'm thinking about um I'm thinking about Moses, you know, when uh they were about to get to the promised land or whatever and they were talking about the fruit and how big it was and everything. That ain't the grapes. That ain't the milk and honey guy I was talking about. I mean, come on, let's be for real. Ugh. But what I'm what I'm just trying to say is that someone is assigned to the gift that you're sitting on. And we gotta do something with it. Just just start. And I can promise you, when when I started, um like I sing, right? And I gave up singing for a long time. And I was kind of miserable. I was trying to find, I was finding all of these other things to get into. Hell, I don't sell, I sold Mary Kay. I sold It Works. I sold, started businesses and all of this stuff. And I just stopped doing it. I wasn't, I, I wasn't enthused. It didn't keep me, it just didn't keep me interested. And I'm like I'm I'm a free spirit, so it's like, this is boring. This isn't fun to me. <laughs> of course, you gotta work hard, you know, you know, with with music. But it's something that I love to do. Like I don't find it hard to sing. Of course, I'm stretching myself and I'm learning technique. And things like that and hearing notes and keys and all of that. But I love it. And when I started to, to, to when I made the decision to do what I absolutely freaking loved, everything else was like, oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. Like going to work. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, actually, there was a meme that I posted uh, some time ago when I started to uh, get back into doing what I love and in my purpose in life, uh, there was a meme and it said, um, I wish you go ahead and do what you love so you can stop having an attitude. And that is so true, right? Because when you're neglecting what it is that you really, really, really want to do for whatever reason, maybe you're not financially there or whatever, and you're neglecting that purpose or that passion that you have, you you tend to get frustrated because what you're doing isn't what you currently want to do. It's not what you want to do. So frustration comes in and anxiety comes in and attitudes come in. And that's like what I said in the last um, the last episode. That's what I said about um, the fruit of the flesh, right? I don't think that's what I was going to say, but... I'm going to say something else. Lord, bring it back to my memories. Lord Jesus. All right, all right, I'll go on. But yeah, so that's what we got to do. Yeah, that's what we got to do. Do what you freaking love to do. And on, on top of that, you know, I did mention that some people say that they don't financially, you know, have the funds to do something. 
Um, I went to, uh, I guess it was like a small little conference or meeting or whatever where um, some successful lady came in and she was talking about the new business that she had who's making a lot of money now. But she gave us these little sheets and it said, start where you are, use and use what you have. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I encourage you, use what you have. Don't, because, you know, one thing that I used to do, I'm like, I'll be like, because I like, okay, this goes back to being prissy or whatever, but I like nice things. I like expensive things and I won't shop or buy anything if I know what I want and it's more expensive. I won't buy anything that's like it that's cheaper. I won't do it. Like, I will never buy, like, knockoff stuff. i rather have the real thing. <laughs> i rather have the, the real thing. So, um, yeah, I think I just lost my train of thought. That's crazy. But anyways, yeah, I I would I rather have the the real thing. So I really lost what I where I was going with that. That's crazy. Oh my god, this is the second time I prayed before I started the podcast. But I guess it it just means that it's time for me to move on. And another thing, okay. Um we you have to stop preparing for the worst. Right, we have to stop doing that. And I just caught myself doing it one day at work. And I was like, why do I do that? That's like having an expectation for something to go bad. And that's powerful. Because if you're speaking negatively, you think negatively, and then you're doing things or expecting negative things to happen. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to expect you expect negativity and you will definitely see and experience the negative things. And um, I caught myself doing that and it's, I said I have to stop. So what what I did to kind of like challenge that is um, when I have the negative expectation thoughts in my head, which is the fear, which is the enemy, which is not of God because fear is not of God. God is love. And it's beautiful. Um, but when I have, when I had the thoughts, what I do is I start praying. I start praying the opposite, right? And I also mentioned that about praying without ceasing. Like you can pray for anything, right? And I actually started doing this. Like, you know, you encounter people and you know they're going through things and you say, oh girl, um, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm praying, you know, some religious folks, they be like, I'm praying for you, sister girl. I'm praying for you. And they be lying. Ooh, don't, don't do that. Cause you lying. And, um, especially as a Christian, don't lie and say that you're going to pray for someone and you don't, don't do that. Cause you lying. You lied. You, you're lying. Or you could just go ahead and pray right there. You know what? Maybe I'll start doing that. Just pray right there. It might be weird for them, but heck, you're going to get it out of the way, you know? But what I, I, I did is I wrote down the names. 
so I remember who it is that I need to pray for and what areas, you know, I need to pray for in their lives. So that's what I do. But uh, yeah, stop expecting the, the worst, right? That's powerful. I sound like Medea. I said powerful. I don't know why I'm in such a playful mood today, but this is kind of normal, normal life for me. But I try to be, um, I try to be serious um, when I do the podcast, but you know, my crazy comes out, but, um, yeah, like the mind is like so powerful. And if you start thinking negative, then you start bringing up negative scenarios in your mind. Right. So you, let's say you're thinking about, Oh, uh, I don't, I don't want to go to like one thing that I have to stop doing or, encourage myself to stop doing is I don't like to go to the grocery store because it's cold and it's this and guess what the mind the mind does the mind also says and it's this and it's this and it's this and this is the other reason why you don't like to go and this is the other reason why you don't like to go so you might as well not go and then what do you end up doing not going and that's another thing that um you know stops us from stops us from being disciplined it's that negative thinking and it it happens, but when you follow your mind, like when your mind says, oh, you can do it tomorrow. And then it'll also say, well, if you do, you can go ahead and do it tomorrow because you have to do this, 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 and this, and then you're going to be tired and you're not going to have the time. So you're following all these thoughts in your mind. And then guess what? You end up not doing it. You end up procrastinating. And the same thing happens the next day. It's like, oh, I'm tired. The kid needs this. I got to do this for the kid. I got to do this. You know, all of that. And you get sidetracked. So I'm challenging that with, you know, praying and actually doing what it is I say that I don't want to do because that's my problem. Uh, that's my problem for me. So you need to do like some self-evaluating and see, and see where you're thinking negative or following your thoughts in your mind, which result in you not doing what you know you need to be doing, right? So those are the, the things that I kind of um, experienced throughout the week and I kind of learned from. Uh, self-assessment is key being aware of yourself and how you're feeling is key into growing and changing and becoming a better person and i desire to be become a better person and to become knowledgeable and and wise what do they say the um you the application of knowledge is wisdom and i desire to be that even though you know I'm only 32 and I do have an old soul and I'd like to say I'm very wise for a 32 year old, but I don't have any gray hair and I like gray hair. So I'm always like, well, am I not wise because I don't have gray hair? But I guess that's just one of the little sayings, you know, that they have, but I don't have any gray hair yet. So now I'm going to go ahead and go into the book. And y'all, I highlighted so many things. I tried to narrow it down. I really did. I tried to narrow it down, but it's all so meaningful. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I'm already at 30 minutes. Like, for real, 15 minutes. So, I'm going to spend... I try to keep the segments to 45 minutes. 
Um, cause I can keep talking. I like to talk. Okay. I can keep going on and on and on and on and on, on and on and on and on and on. I can keep going on and on and on and on and on. And some of y'all probably be listening to this while y'all in the bed or driving and you'd be about to fall asleep. Okay. You gotta like press pause. I'll listen to it again later, girl. But anyways, um, so I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes talking about this awesome book because I want us to be whole, healthy, and complete before we get married. That is my desire. I will be completely whole and filled in God and loving myself and knowing my worth and who I am, where I'm going before I get married. And um, let's go ahead and get into the book. Now, as as I told you guys earlier, it's called Waiting, um, Waiting and Dating by Dr. Miles Monroe. And I'm just going to kind of like go through um, some of the things that I've highlighted. Now, I encourage you to get the book. Like I just downloaded it on my iBooks. I think it was maybe like nine or ten dollars, but um that's not a lot of money. I I think we'll spend that on food or going out to eat, but self-investment is very important. If you don't think that you're worth investing in to become a better person, that's a problem. Okay? I'm sorry. It's a problem. We need to invest in ourselves. We should forever be students. Like I I'm a forever a student because I always know that there's something more that I can learn, right? The more that I learn, the more that I can share and help other people. So my, the top of my head literally has like a hole in it and I just want more information, more information, more information. So I'm always like, tell me more, tell me why, why, why is that? You know, because I know that if I can take that information, apply it to my life and see a change, then I know for a fact that it can help somebody else if they follow the same principles. So here we go. So um, self-investment, spend the money, get the book, especially if you know you desire to get married. It is a great book. And like I said, if you're already married, there's still valuable information that'll allow you to do some self-evaluations and to see, you know what? I was a little too hasty for that. Or even if you're like freaking engaged, you may you may read the book and say, "You know what? You know, let's you know, prolong, you know, the wedding date. Let us begin let's let us get a little bit more whole in God before we, you know, tie the knot. But I'm telling you, the book is the bomb. You got to get it. And like I said, you know, listen to Dr. Miles Monroe. I ain't playing. I am not playing. Listen to him on YouTube. So I'm all the way on the at the end of chapter one. So the chapter one is um, pretty much about making sure that you're ready to date. And you know, <laughs> you think about it and you're like, oh, it's called preparing to date. Chapter one is preparing to date. And you know, you think dating is just... Oh, you're I'm a teenager. Oh, I'm going on my first date, blah 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 blah. But 
until you get married, you'll be dating. And you need to understand the, the fundamentals of dating and, you know, have your expectations set, you know? So, um, first of all, the word, this was in the book. It says the word dating comes from the idea of setting a date where two people or more, if on a group date, agree to get together to create to a at a certain time and place for recreation and fellowship. So that's where it originates from, right? Setting a date, right? To congregate with with someone to pretty much learn about them. Now, the first point, um, he lists three principles of dating readiness. Listen to this, y'all. He said, yeah. he says, first of all, you are not ready to date until you are fully aware of both the benefits and the dangers of dating. Do you know the benefits and the dangers of dating? I know I didn't know all of them. He said, well, once you understand, once you understand not only the perks, but also the pitfalls of dating, you are mature enough to begin opening yourself up to more serious relationships. Now, you probably think like, like when I read that part, I was just like, um, wow, you know, I didn't think it was that serious because you think it's, you, you make light of it, you know, oh, we're just going out and we'll get to know each other and we'll see, we'll see what happens. But there's so much more thought that needs to go into, you know, into dating and, um, like, I didn't think about that. Um, here's another point that he, he makes that I thought was interesting. He says, human beings are social creatures and we relate to each other on three levels, spirit, mind, and body. To put it another way, we interact with each other in the spiritual, solical, and physical dimensions. This progression is very important. Healthy relationships should always begin at the spiritual and intellectual levels, the levels of purpose, motivation, interests, dreams, and personality. The physical dimension is the least important of the three, yet that is where we usually start. Our Western culture has completely reversed the process. Everywhere we turn in society, the media, the entertainment industry, the educational system, and even many times the church, the focus in relationships is on physical attraction first. Now that is so true. Um, sometimes we look at the exterior uh, and even sometimes indulge in, you know, premarital sex. Um, we, we engage in that. Um, no judgments, okay? <laughs> I, I'm not judging you if that's what you choose to do. Obviously, I have a son and I'm not married. Um, but yeah, but it's it's true. Um, we we look at the exterior and we're like, oh, he's cute. Let's go out, you know. <laughs> Let's get to know each other. And then we just move so fast. We move so fast and you don't have to. What's the rush, right? If he's for you, then obviously he won't. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> 
that's how you know duh but yeah so we've just made it so easy just to say oh he's cute let's go out or she's cute let's go out without really trying to get that spiritual connection that intellectual that intellectual connection um we're just quick to to react to the emotions of that uh of that first you know that first oh hey boo boo you know all that baby names and stuff now he the next point he says um The second prerequisite for dating readiness is a good understanding of God's standards for relationships. Now, this is good. He says you need to learn or work out a clear set of guidelines for behavior based on God's word. Or you are not ready to date. This requires a certain degree of spiritual maturity Waiting until you are in a dating situation to decide what is right or wrong or what you will or will not do is too late. Unless you settle those matters in your heart and mind beforehand, you will have little protection against temptation and could easily go too far. There are only two choices. Either you will follow God's standards by deliberate choice or you will follow the world's standards by default. Unless you plan ahead to keep yourself pure on a date, you probably won't. That is so true. And I think um, that that is very true. Now, um, when we engage in, you know, when you get, you, you have sex, there's so many emotions and attachments that come along with that. And... I, I won't speak for everyone, but I, I do know that once you, you you do that, there's an expectation. <laughs> and if you do it too soon, you may be expecting too much from a person too soon. Or if you do it too soon, you get in a relationship and you're not really knowing the person and you may find out too soon that he's not the one but because there's that emotional connection because you you know you've had sex then it makes it a little bit harder so it is very important i i agree with him uh to have your standards set for what you will and won't do before you you start dating and um i have my standards written down on a piece of paper and they're posted on my wall (laughs) so I have a daily reminder of my standards and um that's just that but uh definitely I encourage every woman who is dating to you know set those standards for their relationship and what they want what what they will and want to just like Dr. Miles Monroe says, like it's, it's key. Um, and it protects you. Um, cause if the guy really doesn't, you know, respect you or he really wants the one thing you can very easily see what he wants. Or if he's lying, like some guys do, well, women do it too. 
but you know they they put on a facade to try to get you know get the goods or the prize but if you kind of if you hold out then you're able to see if that person is consistent because if if they aren't you know and you you wait that time you'll see and you can easily weed them out and you're protecting yourself which is important <laughs> it's most important to me is protecting my spirit myself and for me I also have a kid so hey I'm not going to invite you into my life if I don't think that you're ready for my son and establishing an emotional connection before I've determined whether you're gonna last or not uh probably not not gonna do that not gonna waste my time so uh yeah just just think about that write them down I write them down like I said mine is I'm sitting on the floor doing this and I'm literally looking at them right now so um yeah and one part that I actually highlighted twice was the part where he says there are only two choices either you will follow God's standards by deliberate choice or you will follow the world's standards by default and I'll have to say that you'll automatically follow the world's standards by default if you do not have those those standards set it's it's just how it is so uh, and I'm a firm believer in that because I've had conversations with other women and other women whom I've advised to write, you know, their standards down and they haven't. And they tell me about these dates that they're going, they're going on. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's a no, no. Um, why are you even pursuing it further if this is happening? And then they keep talking and then this thing comes up and I'm like, oh, so that's the type of, well, no. Okay, so why are you wasting your time if this person has already checked off three of the things that fall below your standards list? <laughs> You're wasting your time and his. Don't do that. So, um, yeah, uh, have your standards set. And the first one on mine is he has to be God-fearing. Okay. God-fearing man, okay? If you're not, mm, not going to happen. Sorry. Now, um, let me see how much. Y'all, I want to keep talking, but I want y'all to go to bed. See, I'm already at 47, 48 minutes, but I'm going to I'm gonna read the, the third principle, and then we'll go ahead and end it, and we can pick it back up next week. But the he says the third principle for prepare. The third principle for preparing to date follows closely on the heels of the second. He says, once you have determined from scripture what God's standards are, he says, resolve in your spirit that you will not. That's what I was just saying. Oh, see, God is so good. He put it in order like that. He says, um, resolve in your spirit that you will not lower or compromise those standards for any reason. Even if it means losing dates. Didn't I just say that? I really didn't realize that that was coming. But, you know, I always pray. And, you know, for my podcast, the segment, the flow. And I just thank God for that. I just want to thank him real quick. 
But he says that he says resolve in your spirit that you will not lower or compromise those standards for any reason, even if it means losing dates. Honey, I'm going to tell you this. I don't care. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how fine you may look. I don't care. And anybody will tell you, my sisters will tell you, I don't care. I will end it very quickly if the things that I've written down that are sitting here on my wall, no ma'am. I don't care who you are, how much money you have, who you know, what you do. I won't pursue it because one, I do know who I am. I know what I'm worth and I know who and what I can have because I'm a child of the father and I can have. He will give me the desires of my heart. So if it's not you with all you have, then I know it's going to be somebody who's better. So don't compromise your standards for anybody because (laughs) trust me you're going to end up hurt or feeling like you settle for less and that that's not a good feeling then it says many people are willing to compromise moral or godly standards in order to get a date or to hold on to a boyfriend or a girlfriend (laughs) now he said this i didn't say this this in the book it says that is immature And it is that is immature behavior and will cause a lot of problems. Standing firm on what you believe in is a sign of both mature, both spiritual and emotional maturity. There are no second class areas of life to God. Oh, now that'll preach on Sunday. That'll preach on Sunday. He says there are no second class areas to life. Of life to God. Mm. (sighs) He is after your best. He wants you to obey him. Follow his word. And stand firmly on his standards. Anything less. And you cannot expect to receive his best. Oh Jesus. Now that is good. So he said it. He said it. It's in his book. We cannot settle for second class in Christ. Not me, right? So I encourage you, write down your standards. And even if you're in a relationship, you can change. You can start changing. Change starts with yourself, right? Once you you begin to change yourself, like I was saying earlier, as a man think of so is he. So if you start to change and you start thinking about yourself differently, you start acting a different way. And your spouse, your kids, everybody will notice, right? And you'll start seeing things differently. But all it takes is a change. It's not too late to assess yourself and say, hey, I know that I used to accept this, but this is no longer working for me. This is no longer working for me. It has to stop. You know, change some things about yourself. You know, see how your spouse is receptive. See if your spouse is receptive to that. I mean, I'm not a marriage expert, but I do believe that people change in relationships, whether you're married or not. But if you you want to see different results from other people, then you first need to change within yourself. 
So it's not too late to to change your 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 standards. It's it's not too late. Of course, the other person may be a little reluctant if you've been this way for some time now and you're deciding to change, but that's what to me that's what a marriage is about, you know, loving the person throughout the changes and um accepting them, you know, um exactly for who they are and that's another thing that uh, I want to bring up about attachments. When we attach ourselves to a person for who they are or what they're doing right now, that's dangerous because like I said, nothing stays the same. People change. So you, you're attaching yourself to what this person does for you. Like a, let's say a woman who cooks, who's a housewife and cooks, all day and she she found joy in that but then she changed and she wanted to go to work she wanted to you know start her own business and of course that means that you know she's spending more time you know working her business even may not be cooking as much you know may leave an, a load of laundry may not fold the clothes like you're used to you know that's a change you know we can't be so attached to a person or what they do for us that we can't separate or accept when they decide to change because that's inevitable, right? People change. And um, I think that's, that's important. And I definitely want a spouse who understands that I'm going to change. And I'm going to, I understand that my husband future husband will make changes with within himself throughout my marriage and it's my my job to not be so attached to what he is or who he is that when those changes are made that I'm just up and out of there no you know we we're going to make it work and that's the beauty about the the union of two people coming together it's my de- my desire is to be married i've i've always wanted to be a wife and um i just want to make sure that i'm preparing myself to be whole and complete before he comes so that our experience together can be an enjoyable one <laughs> and i pray that my husband is doing the same for himself <laughs> i want to keep praying that but um yeah, I've I've been talking for a long time now. Almost an hour. <laughs> so, um I'm going to stop it right there, but we'll come back next week and I'll go through some more and um I'm going to you know, I'm like I said, I'm always self-evaluating and you know, learning from everyday experiences and you can do the same and sometimes just don't be so quick to react negatively to something that causes you to to feel angry or hurt or depressed don't react negatively just say why do i why am why do i feel the need to react this way because there's something within you that you need to take a look at and that thing when when you get those reactions you know those feelings or those emotions something with inside of you is knocking at the door saying hey this is me this is me in here and this is why I'm upset. And I think you need to go in and say, 
Is this really worth being upset? Is this my ego? Is this something that I have an attachment to that's causing me to react this way? You know what I mean? So, and if you haven't listened to my segment about attachments, I encourage you to listen to it because I will be talking about that all the time because we have to realize that there are attachments and the ego you know that that we tend to follow and and it the, the ego says this is who I am the ego says I am entitled to this the ego says I'm just bagging back I'm not going to settle for this I'm not going to do this you're not going to talk to me the way do you know who I am you know that's what the ego says there's entitlement behind the ego and um you just need to realize that all there is is love and when we respond with love then um that's what we receive so until next time i encourage you to stay sweet stay safe stay encouraged and look forward to next week i love y'all to life bye